Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I'm so excited about a new episode of our podcast. Today's is extra special. I'm excited to be joined by two incredible young men, Tim Begley and Jackson Ryan. Both of these young men are currently involved in the game of baseball and have a unique bond through cerebral palsy. Tim resides in Georgia, Jackson in Texas, both solid young men of faith. I can't wait for you to hear their stories. So let's jump right into it. Well, thanks for joining me today, guys. Thanks for having me. You bet. Thanks for having me too. You bet. So I like to start these off just with some background information. So Tim, I'll let you go first on this one. If you don't mind, just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, a little bit about where you're from, about your family growing up and then where you are today. I was born in uh, Fort Walton Beach, Florida, while my parents were on vacation. I was born three weeks premature after I was uh, flown back up uh, to Georgia and I stayed uh, in the hospital for a while. Um, I've uh, lived in Marietta ever since. Uh, there's a, uh, there's a, uh, running joke in the family that I'm not allowed in, in Florida anymore. Cause I've been flighted out of there, um, a couple times now. So, um, one of the things, uh, my, uh, my grandmother always used to say is keep the humor in it. So we always, uh, try to do that. I am. 27 years old and uh I love uh I love baseball and love the love the Lord and uh through through God's grace and the way he's worked my circumstances I'm happy to be able and combine the two on a daily basis Um, that's awesome so let me ask you this and then I'll let Jackson show about his background let me go and ask you about cerebral palsy. I mean, it is, that's how God wired you, designed you. So talk about learning about that and, you know, the impact it's had physically, mentally, emotionally on you. Well, um, my parents um, knew that I had a a brain bleed at birth. um, And so they uh, were on the lookout for, um, signs that something would be wrong i was already um seeing all the all the proper doctors i tell people that i have a doctor for every body part and then some (laughs) so at uh around a year old uh when i didn't when i missed uh, a couple of the um usual milestones uh, of a one-year-old child, um, my my parents and doctors knew that there was going to be that there was something wrong, um, and I don't really remember. There wasn't really a moment for me where I I remember learning that I had a have a disability. I just always remember having something different about me and always having to do something uh things differently than the other kids and that was that was hard for me at times I really I really didn't 
figure it out till uh till God hit me over the head a couple times how to really use um what I've got and that ended up being closer to my adult years and I've done my best to enjoy the ride and glorify God through it. That's awesome. I love that. And we'll talk about, you know, you mentioned glorifying God. We'll talk about your faith here in a moment, but I want to go over to Jackson and just kind of tell the listeners, same thing, just a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, about your family growing up and where you are today. Yeah. So I was born in Round Rock, Austin area. Uh, my grandfather's Nolan Ryan. My dad's Reed Ryan. So I grew up around the game of baseball um, growing up. We were had the Round Rock Express, which my dad and my family bought in 2000. We moved that over to Round Rock from Jackson, Mississippi. And so we were the double-A affiliate of the Houston Astros from 2000 to 2005, 2006, 2007. And then after that, we ended up being triple-A PCL with the Astros. And then we went to the Rangers and then back to the Astros and to the Rangers. And so growing up, I've always been around the game. And then when my grandfather in 2008 – with the president of the Texas Rangers, we ended up going to many of those games, went to two World Series in 2010 and 2011 with the Rangers. And then when my dad was with the Astros in 2013 and 2019, we went over to Houston and moved to Houston. And so growing up, I've been around baseball my entire life. Um, I knew I wanted to play baseball and I've been fortunate, fortunate enough to get that opportunity. And so really for me, it's been – really baseball has been around my whole life. And then right now I'm at UMHB. I'm a junior here, Mary Hart and Baylor. Um, I played my freshman year, got in twice. I'd throw and catch with the same hand. And so growing up, it was really just around the game of baseball. And I have CP. I was born with it at birth, um, infected the right side of my body. And so I threw and catch with the same hand. But really, that's a little bit about me and where I've come from. So talk about, you know, kind of similar questions to ask Tim. Um, you know, also cerebral palsy um, impacts you very different than Tim. Um, so talk about, um, you mentioned how, you know, you dealt with it through the game of baseball, but talk about just learning about it and then, you know, maybe mental, emotional impacts it's had on you. Yeah. So, I mean, my parents best described it to me growing up as I came out white as a sheet um, is what they told me. And then it affected the right side of my body. So I was a toe walker at birth, which meant I would walk like this and be on my toe the whole time till I got surgery when I was 13. And so it's really muscle tone tightness for me is the best way to describe it. So when it gets really cold outside, I tend to tighten up more than when it's hot outside. And so Mm. really it's more physical than mental. Um, I've been very fortunate. Mine was really, really light on CP, obviously. But I would say when it gets cold outside, it's when I tend to tighten up and it's sometimes hard to move on the right side of my body, but I just try to get through it the best I can. I have it for a reason. God gave it to me for a reason. I don't know what that reason for is, but you know what? To all kids with CP, you can go out and do anything you want and achieve your goals and dreams. And that's really what I want to help kids with CP, adults with CP is to inspire to be whatever they want to be and to tell people, Hey, it may look weird or different, but you can go out and do what you want to do just because you have a disability doesn't mean you can't go do this. Amen. I love that. That's such an encouragement. Um, Cause I know there's people listening that, you know, maybe battling something very similar or, you know, may coach kids that are, you know, battling it. And so I, I just think that is so important for us to remember that, 
you know what, God designed each one of us separate um, and unique and special, but for a purpose. I love that. So, uh, you know, let's let's talk about faith for a moment. Uh, clearly, both of you are young men of faith. So at what point, though, Tim, in your life, did you realize, you know what, I need a relationship with Jesus? I knew, I, I grew up in a Christian home. I, because of my, um, the severity of my cerebral palsy, um, I always, I always knew that I needed God. My first real point in my life that it ended up being uh, real to me um, was when I, as was when I uh, accepted Jesus on Mother's Day, two thousand four. Uh, I walked down the aisle and pro- professed my faith of from the old church that is the that that was really the benchmark to me is when when publicly it started now for me it was it was all it was uh a gradual um Mm -hmm. progression i really didn't put it put it together till um really my my uh, senior year in high school, um, going into college, uh, how God wanted to use all that. Uh, I knew I my faith was was growing all those years, but I just I really didn't understand where God was going at that point. And starting with uh, my senior year in high school and going in into college, God started doing some really exciting things. That's awesome. What about you, Jackson? Same, same question. At what point did you in your life realize that, you know, you needed that relationship with Jesus? Yeah. So, I mean, growing up too, my parents have always put me in a Christian school and in a Christian environment, but probably not till my fourth, fifth, sixth grade. Cause at the, when you go to church or you go to there's a school that's Christian environment, you know, your parents are always telling you, hey, you need to go here and do all these things. And so I feel like I really didn't take it for grasp till fourth, fifth grade and what I wanted to do. And really one of my favorite uh, verses is John three sixteen. I feel like you always have one verse you live by. And for me, that's the one that I live, try to live by. And, you know, just try to be the best person I can be on a regular basis as well um, and treat people the way you want to be treated. It goes a long way. So let me ask this. I mean, one of you lives in Texas, um, Jackson, Tim, you live in Georgia, both involved in the game of baseball. How did y'all, how did y'all connect? I'll let, you know, whoever wants to answer that. Well, I, um, I had heard Jackson's story and watched a, a video of him a while back. And one of my, one of my friends said, why don't you try and reach out to him? And I was like, how on earth am I going to do that? So uh, I started looking on Twitter and I stumbled upon uh, Reed Ryan, um, Jackson's dad's Twitter. And I was like, uh, let me tweet at him and see what happens. I have no idea if he'll respond. But I, I said, uh, 
tweeted at him and said, I really want to, uh, I have cerebral palsy and I really want to talk with Jackson. And it was uh, minutes later, uh, Mr. Ryan responds. And, and I was like, wow, that was fast. Before I can finish typing out my response, because I do everything by hand, um, Jackson DMs me and I was like, wow, God, you pulled that off quickly. And so um, we've been, uh, we started with direct messaging and then we started texting and then we met on Zoom and we've been talking a lot ever since. That's all, when was that? That was what, a year ago, maybe? 19, probably. Yeah. Sometime in, I think if I remember correctly, I think it was during the playoffs in 2019. because my dad came and said, hey, you know, Tim, uh, guy with CP wants to come out and reach out to you. And he had reached out on Twitter to my dad. And then we just started a relationship there and talked about CP and obviously baseball and what Tim's doing with his leagues and all of that. And so, you know, I felt like, OK, well, this is going somewhere. Why don't I just give him my number? And so I gave him my number and we just started texting ever since. And I've never met Tim in person but that's going to change someday because you know that I mean a guy that has CP that wants to do everything he can do to be the best he can be is amazing and truly an inspiration so you know that's really from what my perspective where we started reaching out. That's awesome I love that story it's just another example too that you know social media gets a bad rap right so it's just an example that you know social media can can be used for good Um, that's how I met Tim. Um, I, there's a large group of coaches, some athletes, and we read a different book of the Bible every month. And usually the beginning of the month, one of the guys will tweet it and go, Hey, anybody want to join? And I get a message from Tim says, Hey, I want to be a part of this. And, um, two or three months ago, and I had no clue Tim and his story. And then it was right before Christmas, I believe it was, he posted, there's over 200 folks in this group. He posted a link to his story and just said, Hey, I just feel like I need to share my story. And um, I watched it and um, just really, it moved me a lot. And then we started texting, same thing, but texting back and forth. And, you know, we, we, we met on zoom and he's like, Hey, I need you to meet my friend Jackson, you know? And so, yeah, I just think it's cool how things start on social media and, you know, it does bring people together. So, Jax, let me ask you this. You did talk about in the intro, I mean, your family clearly, I mean, you don't have to be a baseball fan to know about the Ryan family, right? I mean, it's very um, big in baseball, a, a rich history of baseball. So was there ever any pressure on you um, from grandfather or dad to be involved in baseball, either playing it or just being involved? No, no pressure at all. But they did tell me, hey, if you're going to do something, do it 100%. So I wanted, I played growing up, I played flag football, um, basketball and baseball. And then I just found a passion and love playing the game of baseball. And then back at old uh, Round Rock, uh, old Settlers Field, kind of giving the story of how we came up with the glove. Uh, I was playing baseball, first base at the time. And I wanted to pitch. And so we had a parent on the deal, be able to find out the Velcro. And so I ended up having Velcro in my glove with two wristbands and connecting it. And then I would rip it off. 
to uh, after I threw a pitch. And so there was no pressure at all growing up, but they've been really supportive since day one. And, you know, they've had my back and everything. And I was fortunate enough to get the opportunity to play collegiate baseball at the D3 level. And I can't thank UMHB enough to allow me to have that opportunity. But, you know, I couldn't ask for better parents. My mom and my dad have been wonderful for me. They've supported me in everything I want to do giving me the leeway to go and do whatever I want to do and same as my grandparents and so when you have people that are supportive with what you do it goes a long way. Absolutely so what are you doing now as it relates to the game of baseball? Yeah so I'm doing right now I'm working with Tom House Um, he's creating an app called Mustard which I'll explain that a little bit so basically Tom House back in the day worked with my grandfather Randy Johnson, Drew Brees, Tom Brady and he's collected 50 years of data over the years. And basically what we're going to do is put all of his data that he's collected into an app called Mustard. And so it's going to be basically for all throwers, quarterbacks, obviously pitchers, golfers, you name it. And what it'll do is you'll have an open side view and a front side view. And then with the nine different variables a pitcher has, it'll break down the nine different variables and give you type of drills or a Hershizer drill, X drill, tau drill, rocker leaper drill that that player can do to fix his or her mechanical flaws. So we've had a guy actually go from be with us for 12 weeks, go from 90 miles an hour to hundred touching hundred and, and while staying healthy. So that's, I'm the director of research and outreach for that company right now. And then also I'm doing stuff with uh, DBAD Georgetown, just helping out with the Georgetown community and trying to get more people involved in the game of baseball. Awesome. What about you, Tim? I mean, you're involved in baseball there in Georgia. So talk about your involvement in in, in baseball and, and your role. Well, I've always been a, uh, a baseball fan. I really didn't start uh, following baseball full time till I was in middle school. I knew that I wanted to do something in baseball. I used to uh, want to be a uh, major league manager. Bobby Cox is uh, my uh, favorite all-time manager, and I've uh, I've actually had the chance to uh, meet him and talk with him regularly uh, up until he had uh, uh, he had a stroke. But um, I I knew I wanted to do. Um, something uh, around baseball since I ended up, uh, since I was in sixth grade. And upon graduating high school, I uh, ended, I uh, spent time around my baseball team at Reinhardt University, starting uh, really being that motivating, uh, uh, encouraging spiritual leader and thought, you know, this is pretty cool to do on a regular basis. Um, but I was a student and really didn't have as much time as I wanted to to spend around the team. Um, I struggled with with math all through my education. So I had to spend a lot of extra time getting my brain and body on the same page uh, to do my um, all my schoolwork. So when I left, when I uh, was transitioning at uh, out of Reinhardt, that uh, baseball kind of 
got put on the back burner for a little bit. And in 2017, well, 2016, my, um, my grandmother was put on in-home hospice. And we knew that she didn't have much uh, time left. And we were enjoying as much time as home, at home as we could. And one day I uh, happened to be at home for one of her nurses to come in and check on her. We started talking and her son plays uh, or played baseball for Next Level Sports Institute. It's a uh, Christian base baseball uh, and softball organization. And she said they were looking for a keynote speaker for their Here's Heart program, which is where they provide uh, Christmas gifts for medically fragile kids. And I uh, knew by the end of our conversation that I was going to be the keynote speaker at, at that event. Fast forward to uh, Here's Heart event. I met I met the coaches, uh, a couple of the coaches at Next Level kept the relationship up over uh, the next two years. In the, in the summer of 2019, I was uh, transitioning from one phase of my life to the uh, next and what God wanted me to do. And I was like, okay, what now? And uh, I was uh, let me call one of the coaches and check in again God I don't know what you've got planned but let me see what's going on um, we had a couple conversations and one of the coaches called me back one day um, and asked me to come out and hang around um, and se since September of 2019 the rest is uh, history and as far as my involvement with Next Level, I am, I am a spiritual leader, the life coach. Um, I've got, uh, I have no real, at least on paper, official title yet. But uh, I'm, I'm working on trying to get into the baseball side a little bit more. I really want to be able to combine the spiritual side with baseball more in my conversation. But uh, my involvement in, uh, with baseball and talking about Jesus has really been the best, one of the best um, combinations I, uh, I could ever do. And uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. That's awesome. You mentioned Bobby Cox. I got to say, I grew up in Alabama, big Braves fan. So... I'm a Bobby Cox guy, and, you know, today as we're recording this, um, I just saw about an hour ago that the legend Hank Aaron passed away. So I know, you know, you being in Georgia and a Braves guy, or, you know, everybody loves Hank Aaron in that part of the country. Yes. It's, so let me uh, ask you, Tim, um, if people go watch your stories, a video um, with Matthew West and Wonderfully Made, talk about how that happened and, you know, and, and that, you know, producing that video. Cause that's the video I saw that told your story to me and I've shared it with a, a bunch of other folks. And so just tell us a little bit about that. Um, in 2012, uh, I went to a Cast and Crowns concert and Matthew West was touring with them. 
and I uh, I uh, heard that Matthew wanted was writing songs about people's stories, mm. and I I thought to myself as he was as he was saying it in front of the front of the crowd that day, I was like, man, it would be really cool to talk with him and get tell him my story, but. At the end of the concert, my mom said, uh, hey, Tim, it's time to go. Why don't we say bye uh, to our friends that are over here? And I was looking what, uh, around waiting for my mom to finish talking. And uh, I saw uh, a crowd, uh, a small crowd down by the side of the stage and knew it must be uh, Matthew West must be down there. So I I looked, saw my mom would be a little bit while talk, uh, a little while talking. And I took off down to the front. And my friend that in, had invited us to the concert uh, was the first one to find me down there. Um, my mom said it was like uh, uh, forgetting uh, Jesus. Uh, at the temple it's like where'd he go and uh and then um on my way down there i ended up uh people saw me coming they scooted right out of the way and i i found myself right in front of matthew west wow. uh and i said i heard you uh write songs about people's stories boy, do I have a story for you. Mm. Um, and uh, I, started, I started telling him my story. There's a, uh, there's a uh, devotional uh, page that Matthew wrote uh, recounting how we met. And, and that's, that's something we can uh, share out there for your listeners too. Really, I... Uh, started um, really when I started telling him my story, I quoted John 9, 1 through 3 when um, Jesus saw um, Jesus with, was with his disciples and they saw a blind man on the side of the road and his disciples asked, why is this man born blind? Um, was it because something his parents did or was it something he did? Jesus said, neither. But this man was, uh, this man was born blind, so his the works of God might be displayed through him. John nine one through three is something I always. It's one of the first things I always mention to people. And after um, after I finished talking to Matthew, we uh, we uh, ribbed each other because I'm a Braves fan and he's a Cubs fan, <laughs> and. Uh, uh, at that point, my mom uh, had uh, had found me, and we we were starting to leave. And Matt uh, Matthew had sent his dad, who's his uh, his dad's name's Joe. He sent uh, so he ended up uh, catching us at the back of the sanctuary. Matthew said he, he said that's gonna be a that's gonna be a song catch catch that catch that wheelchair and so um pastor joe ended up 
catching us at the back of the sanctuary, getting our information. A couple months later, uh, Matthew called me and said the song had been written. God's uh, taken me on a, on a bigger, very exciting ride with that. That's awesome. And we'll share the link to this when we push, you know, you know, if you're listening to this, you can go to the notes and, and there's the link. And I'd encourage you to, to listen to the song Wonderfully Made. I mean, I can't think of a, a better title. And, and I had not, um, you know, thought a lot about just because of my life, you know, that John 9, 1 through 3, I've, I've heard it all my life. But hearing you describe that, it's not often I'm speechless. It's, it's, it's moving because um, I know people that, you know, always question God. But to have that perspective that Jesus said, you know, to the person was created blind for to glorify God. And for you in Jackson to embrace that um, is it, it, it's moving, incredibly moving. Yes, it is. Um, and uh, another another way I always uh, take that to uh, my dad started uh, started with this illustration. Um, we are. Um, for those of us that aren't physically blind, our our starting point with uh, with Jesus before our eyes are open to Him, we're spiritually blind. So that is a a moment that everything begins to change. That's awesome. Let me kind of shift just a little bit to you know we're in month number. 10 of this pandemic, right? So, and it's affected all of us um, in different ways, but all of us have had months of some downtime. So, so Jackson, talk about, you know, because it hits you right in the middle of college baseball season. You know, so talk about, you know, COVID, you know, just putting a stop to baseball and then you have this downtime and, and, and what you did with the time. And then how did that time, how did that use that time to help grow in your faith? Yeah. So we getting with COVID, we are just getting off the spring break. And so I was coaching at UMHB uh, this past year and I actually the weekend before COVID actually hit, I came out to go see my dad and my dad wanted to come and see me. Um, and so I would spend a lot of time with my family over at our um, ranch. And so I was hanging out during COVID uh, there, but be able to be around my family a lot more, not just my little family, but my entire family was really awesome to be around. And then I had some fortunate opportunities to be able to get involved with different platforms with mustard and do stuff with other organizations. And so you know, I feel like you look at life two ways. You either look at it as the poor me, like everything, you know, is going to bad happens for a reason, you know, and you say why, or you look at it and you say, you know what, the situation sucks. It is what it is, but you have to be able to get through it and you're going to be stronger because of it. And, you know, the Lord did this for a reason. Nobody knows why. And, you know, you can question why, but at the end of the day, it's for, he's going to have a purpose for everything. And, Maybe it was for me to say, hey, you know what, instead of being so focused on one thing, you know, how about try to help others out and be around your family more. And so, you know, with the pandemic, it is what it is. It's changed a lot of people, you know, and had a lot of hard impact on a lot of people's lives and all of that. But, at, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like if you look at life in a positive direction, then good things are going to happen and we're going to become 
stronger out of this as soon as this all gets handled whenever that is. Yeah, I think you're right. It's all, it's all perspective. Um, yeah, that's good. I, you know, I, I tell people a lot when I'm asked that question, very similar to you, it's, it was a very, it was an opportunity to kind of trim some fat off of the calendar and activities and zero in on what's important. You know, that's our faith, that's our family. That's good. So let me ask you um, both, um, Tim, I'll start with you on this. There are a lot of our listeners are student athletes and coaches. Um, and it's not always easy to be bold with your faith. Just, you know, some people have more resistance than others. So what would you say to that student athlete or a coach that understands that athletics as a platform can be used for good or for bad? But in this case, you know, they, you know, they're a believer and they really want to use the platform to be bold in your faith, in their faith. So how would you encourage them to do that? I would, uh, I remind people that everything in life can be looked at as an opportunity. Um, one, um, one thing um, my mentors say and is that every day we have two choices. We can either choose um, to be obedient to an opportunity or to chase an outcome. Mm. And college baseball, um, high school baseball, basketball, whatever uh, sport you're playing as a student athlete, and then on into the professional ranks can be so focused in chasing the outcome. The, that's, uh, that scholarship, that, uh, that college uh, spot on the roster, that paycheck. And I try and remind my, uh, my athletes to savor every moment um, because it can be uh, taken away from you in a heartbeat. And to be obedient to the opportunity and not chase the outcome. I like that, I wrote that down. Obedient to the opportunity and not chase the outcome. What about you, Jackson? Same question. How would you encourage that student athlete or coach that's listening to be bold with the platform they have? Yeah, I would say to try to inspire others would be the way to do it. So, you know, being strong in your faith is a big part of it. Um, have the opportunity to share what you're going through and be a person of faith is a big deal. And to not be scared and hide behind it just because you are and to go out and help impact other people's lives. And if you can get even one or two of your teammates to come in and get involved with Christ and to change his or her life and to be a believer, because at the end of the day, it's all about us trying to get to heaven. Uh, you know, all of these things are great, but at the end of the day, it's all for one purpose and that's to serve him and be in his kingdom. That's awesome. I, I wrote down, it's all about the one. You know, if one person, because of what you say or do, you know, chooses to follow Christ, then, then it's all worth it. So let me ask you this. Um, you both have mentioned a scripture. Jackson, you said John 3.16. Tim mentioned John 9. Do you have one that maybe over the last 10 months during the pandemic that you've really leaned on more, that's really spoken to you more during this time that you'd share? Um, I don't have a... A uh, specific verse that that stands out. Um, uh, 
necessarily about life in the pandemic necessarily. Uh, I moved into um, Champion's Place, uh, first of its kind independent living facility for people with physical disabilities in Alpharetta, Georgia. And our life verse is, um, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And through the through the pandemic and through life, it's been it's been really hard to remember that we are wonderfully made through this mess that we're in right now. Even though um, this this mess that we're in is not wonderfully made, we're we're pressed together with this pressure um, of life and and come out diamonds in the end. That's awesome. What about you, Jackson? Same question. Yeah, I don't have like a specific verse that I've tried to live by during this pandemic. I feel like though I've become closer to God, I feel like we're going to become closer or farther away due to this. And so, you know, examples of coming closer or helping people, you know, get involved with different Bible studies or churches or different things like that. Or, you know, I try to go whenever I can to church, but I feel like if you just live in a positive light and you treat people the way you want to be treated and you do things that are pleasing in the eyes of the Lord, then good things are going to happen. And it may not be right now, like you can't see it right now, but eventually over time, you know, it's going to end up being positive. And so I feel like at, at the end of the day, with all the pandemic stuff, it's just try to be the best person you can be and live in a positive light because we're all going to get through this and be stronger for it. Yeah, it's so true. It goes back to what we talked about earlier, perspective. Let me close it out with uh, one more question. It's kind of a practical question. I mean, two words that's really big in sports. You see it, T-shirts, wristbands, you name it, all in. We know what it means. But also Jesus is very clear that, you know, to be a follower of Jesus, we have to be all in, you know, denying ourselves every day, taking up our cross. What does that look like on a practical sense for you guys to be all in your walk with Christ? I'll let y'all pick who goes first on this one. I'll go first. Um, I really um, am reminded uh, about, about being all in every single day of my life at this point with COVID because I'm living uh, around people with um, different uh, levels of immune system strength, and we've got to be uh, extra careful. And it it reminds me of every time we turn on the uh, news how uh, unstable this world really is. I I know that this life is uh, and how we go about it is. Uh, a choice whether it's whether we choose to be all in or not for me having a disability i can't not be all in for christ because i need him every second of every day whether i choose to give him attention or not one of the thoughts that i i also tell my players all the time is your choices today equal your lifestyle tomorrow there have been and there are so many things that I tell my players that I hear from others and adopt uh, some of these thoughts as my own. 
I know that it's uh, that when our um, last, when we take our last breath on this earth, it's um, it's those people that uh, that are truly all in for Christ in their choices that are going to get the most um, rewards in heaven. Following Jesus is a choice in one moment of acceptance, but then it is a daily and moment by moment choice after that. The question is, what will we do with it? That's good. That's a good reminder. Choices today equal lifestyle tomorrow. I like that. What about you, Jackson? Anything to add to that or something different? Yeah, I mean, all in to me means more. What are you doing when nobody's watching you? Mm. Um, for instance, you know, what type of person are you when nobody is around? And what are you doing, you know, whether it's social media type or, you know, what kind of things are you doing in your life to try to be the best person you can be on a regular basis? Because like Tim said, the choices you make today are going to impact your future. And so it doesn't matter what you're going to do or what you're doing, but I feel like all in is being a person that is a person of faith that wants to help others get to Christ and be the best you can be while also not doing things that are going to harm you when nobody's watching. And so for me, that's what I see all in as. I like that. What are you doing? When nobody's looking. That's, that's good. That's a good reminder. Um, I think if we all woke up every morning with that thought, um, I think we can make a big difference in our culture, right? a lot of times, like Tim said, the choices today, what I'm doing when nobody's looking is really what's, what's making the impact out there. Hey, I know um, been a crazy couple of weeks trying to get this scheduled, at least on my end. I appreciate your guys' flexibility and being willing to jump on here together. I think it's been, you know, super encouraging to me to hear both of your stories together. Um, and I know listeners have also been encouraged. I really, really, really appreciate you guys and your just your encouragement to no matter what's going on in life, you know, that we're all wonderfully and fearfully made and God has a plan and a purpose. And we need to to live in that and not um, try to live somebody else's purpose. So I appreciate you guys jumping on and, and encouraging us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again to Tim and Jackson for jumping on here and sharing their stories and just remind us how God creates each one of us in a very unique and special way. And we each have a purpose and we need to seek God for that purpose and live in our purpose and um, just understand that each one of us is wonderfully made. So thank you for listening as well. And I know there's somebody in your life that could be encouraged by this. So I'd ask you to share it with them. Also, we'd love to hear from you. Go to our website, www.allinsportsoutreach.org, or Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, in the search bar. Just type in All In Sports Outreach and find out opportunities to, to pray for us, to serve with us, and to give. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for your continued encouragement, support, and prayers.